0: crazy i love watching weather shows not for the weather but for the destruction right did you see that one guy just fly away Do you guys see that he just all of a sudden he was he's out well in those things in those times um, that we just watched um we can't control mother nature We can't control the wind, the tornadoes, just like he thought he was in control and he was going to keep his feet on the ground. He got launched like a little piece of string out there. And so we can't control a lot of things in our lives, but that doesn't stop us from trying. We can't control who gets sick. We can't or not get sick. We can't control who lives, who dies. There are so many things out there that we try to control. And so, what tonight we're going to talk about is control and how we try to grab hold of things and how we try to control things in our lives and what, what Ecclesiastes says about control. And so we're going to take a little quiz. Everybody up for a little quiz? Sure. The ones that like school are like, yes. The ones that are like, no, it's, I'm on fall break or I'm ready to go. So what I want you to do is I want you to think of the question. I want you to answer it in your head. OK, this isn't we're not going to there's not cameras out and we're not trying to test you to see who, uh, you know, who answers the, the correctly. But we're. I just want you to think in your head and I want you to keep mental track of how many you say yes to. OK, how many you say yes to. So the first one is I say that I am helping, that I am just helping a lot. I heard a snicker. I have to do it otherwise, it won't get done right. There should be some yeses going off in your head, because I know some of you. <laughs> Group projects are a nightmare for you. When things don't go your way, or the way you think, you struggle. Are we collecting yeses, or are we... Collecting no's. Planning your family vacation or a trip is planned to the very last minute. Planned to the last minute. You have a system, a routine for everything. Yes or no. You don't like it when someone aimlessly flips through the channels with no purpose at all at least when you're not in control. It bothers you when people don't drive the way you think they should. I won't answer that one. (laughs) Gray areas are bad. Unknowns are not good. So are we getting lopsided on some of our questions? There has to be a plan so you know the outcome. All those, all of us struggle with some level of control. As humans, we try to figure out what control is and try to control and, and try to set a path. But some of us have more pieces with control because of our backgrounds or the family structure that we're in. But some of us have a control area in one area. Like, a guy may absolutely clean his truck, his car is spotless inside and out, um, but his kids are inside, muddying the inside, and the spaghetti from last night's dinner is hanging from the fan. But they are super, he's super in control of that car and goes to the car wash weekly and makes sure that no food is in it and there's not a speck of dust. Anybody? Raise your hand on that one. Does anybody fall into that one or know someone? It's easier to answer if no, you know someone. Yeah, I know someone. (laughs) Or maybe we have a control of one thing that you control of is the image that you're about how you present yourself in public or how your house looks or how your apartment looks. It looks like Pinterest just went crazy inside your house. (laughs) And Betty Crocker, you know, is is the the meal provider for you. And you work really hard on protecting and controlling the image that is around you and that, that you present to others. And you work really hard at that. But then when you leave the house inside of you is just a mess. It's totally out of control. Or maybe you're really controlling with your finances. Maybe you know the very cent of every account that's owed or paid or savings, IRA, whatever, but you know the exact amount. But the family around you, you're unaware of how you're affecting by that control or affecting the things around you. I knew a girl uh, once that she knew her bank account, and so she would balance her bank account when she got gas. And so she would get enough gas to actually make her bank account even zeros. And I never really understood that because I'm like, hey, I need I need fifteen dollars of gas, and you put fifteen dollars. And if it goes to one hundred two or three, you know you don't go up to the next fiftieth or zero. That's I think that's how gas money get get their money is they make you just keep on going to those zeros. But so we have some area that we control, some area that we feel like you know what I the rest of my life is out of control, but there's one area that we say is our master control area. That's either cars, finances, house. It could be many. It could be something different for you. We try to, why, when we try to control things, I think we have to look at our thinking. I think it's irrational, and I'm not being offensive. I think it, our thinking, when we try to control things, it's irrational. Thinking that we can control the things around us is, is irrational thinking. Um, my wife and I, um, I have three kids. My youngest son, Lawson, um, was in kindergarten in the third quarter, and he was at a, he was at a school that wasn't a fit for him. And so he, uh, he was having a hard time at school. His little, his little light was going out, and he was just not having a good time. So in the third quarter, we decided to uh, take him to a new school. And as a parent, they don't tell you how to do this. They don't tell you how to pick schools and pick edu- educations and all that kind of stuff. And so we pulled him out of the school, third quarter. So we're taking him to his new... in the, end, in the start of the fourth quarter, in, to his new school. And we were... Um, we're in the excursion, and Kimberly starts to cry, and I'm like, "Uh oh, oh no!" And she earlier in this process, she said, I, "Brian, you have to make this decision because I, I I can't." And so I was like, "Oh, the pressure!" And so she kept on asking these questions: "Is are we making a mistake? Are we are we are we going to cause him to do drugs later in life because we moved him out of kindergarten in the third, you know in the third quarter? You know, are, are we?" are we, are we going to cause grief for him because he's not going to have no any friends, he's not going to do this, he's not going to do that. And so as parents, we try to control where our kids go to school. We try to control every friendship because it might be a bad one. We try to control every part of our kids' lives so they won't they will grow up and be perfect, or at least what we think will be perfect. Instead of trying to change um, our thinking, I think we also need to uh, look at We need to change our thinking, but we take control in other aspects of our lives. We try to control our circumstances, we try to control people, and we try to control the outcomes as we can to get as close as we can. We usually try to control in some way, and so if you think if the questions that you answered earlier in the quiz and things that as we talk about, usually you try to control in two different categories. One is people, And the other one is circumstances. People, you'd say something to yourself like this. You love God, you love people, and you have a wonderful plan for their life. You want to help them see what you see in them and get them to do what you want them to do by manipulating, by a bribe, offering rewards, withholding rewards, using passive aggressive behaviors to get people to do what you want them to do. Thus, your coworkers, your spouse, your friends. Circumstances are what you want it to look like is just right, or your house is just perfect, or your kids have to be perfect. You need to control schedules, futures, and control what people think of you and people around you. Why? Why? Why do we need to control? Why do we need to control? It's because our ego is out of control. Our ego is saying, I know better. I know better than the person next to me, my coworker, my friend, my family, my spouse. I know better, so I am out of control with my ego. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and some of you could say it with with me, and it says, Lean knot on your own understanding; in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. But there's a—I found a new version, and it's, uh, it's its it reads like this. So let's actually let's look at the screen, and we can read it together. That's that's the verse that I that I love, and I—that's been my life verse. But this is this is the verse I think how we interpret that verse in our lives when we have control. Let's let's read let's read the second verse. Okay, we're going to read it together. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart and lean on your own understandings, most of the because your way is better. In some of your ways, submit to him, but only those that you don't want to deal with. And you, not him, will make your path straight. And that's that is the CFV version, the control freak version. we try to control everything. God says, don't lean on yourself. Lean on me, and I will make your path straight. But we choose, we choose not to. And uh, our ego is edging God out. If we took an acronym of ego, is edging God out. And so when we choose control, when we choose to, to take control of our life, we're saying, God, I got this. I'm going to edge you out because you know what? I know better than you. When we choose control, the more we try to control something, the more we fear losing control. And the more we fear losing control, the more we try to keep control. And suddenly we spiral into a cycle of fear and we enter that over and over and over again. Can anybody identify with those or any of those? Control is very difficult to see in the mirror Because legitimately, we think we know best. And so why would what I think isn't the best for everyone else? Because we're edging God out. So control comes in eight different ways. It manifests itself in eight different ways. So I'm just going to read through a couple. Um, There's about a couple. A couple's more than two. I have eight. Um, So there's about eight things of how it manifests itself. So I want you to just really, literally pay attention to um, one of these. Uh, There's eight things. And just say, hey, I... I could that makes sense, or that doesn't make sense, or yeah, I could see myself um, it manifesting, you know, either with people or circumstances in these ways. So the first one that control comes out is fear, worry, and anxiety. Fear, worry, and anxiety. Second way it comes out is impatience or anger. This one's interesting. Authority. Envy. I've never thought of it like this, but if you told yourself or you had a boss and you said, you know what, this could work way better if I was in his position or if I could control this situation. Micromanaging is the fourth one. We've all been around micromanager, and you might be a micromanager. Five, physical control. We try to physically control the situation Your spouse can't drive, or you have to be in control physically in a room or driving or something like that. Manipulation of people, trying to manipulate people to get them to do what you want them to do, whether through emotions or through different types of that. Image management control. I like this one, the way it sounds. Image management control is we try so hard... um, to control everything about us, so that we present ourselves. You get a lot of this on Facebook, I think. Is you, you know, you want to present because you don't want to be the the lone slug at home doing nothing on a Friday night. So you know, you take a picture with the TV in, in you know, in Paris or whatever, just to make sure that you know that oh, I did something. This is the one that I think that we uh, the eighth one is I think the one that we fall into because it's more socially acceptable um, about control is feeling overwhelmed. Literally, feeling overwhelmed is, I can't control everything, I've got too many things rolling and I can't control any of it, so I'm feeling overwhelmed. So that's how control kind of manifests in in our physical world. Fear, worry, anxiety, impatience, anger, authority, envy, micromanaging, physical control, manipulation of people, Image management control and feeling overwhelmed. I'm pretty sure all of us have felt at least one of those or maybe currently feeling it now. And those words can describe us and feed us because we're trying to control our world, trying to control our family and everything around us. Solomon in, the last, in Ecclesiastes is saying everything is meaningless, right? Pleasures, wisdom, all this stuff. And he gets to chapter 3, and he starts to write about um, time and season. There's a season and a time for everything. And so he, he's saying that God's got it. God's got the seasons map, mapped out. He's got, the, he's got the world mapped out. He's got you and what you can do because he's created you. And he's saying, don't worry about that. So let's turn to Ephesians, Ephesians 3. And I want you, as we read this, too, just to be thinking of time, times in your life that fit into, there's going to be a bunch of phrases, It's some, like poetry written, and so there's going to be some phrases in here that, that are going to be some things maybe you're currently going through or that you've just gone through, or they will be something in the future. And so just, I want you just to think through um, these things as I read. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden from God. He's laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in his Time. He has also said eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil, because this is a gift from God. We all fit in one of those rhymes or one of those sentences. Some of us have experienced death. We are we all born, we're all gonna die. And those things we cannot control. And so what Solomon is saying here is, you know what? I've talked about pleasure, I've talked about all these things that are meaningless, is, is why are you trying to control these things? These are going to happen. You can't control them. Just like you can't control the tornado and the hurricanes, you can't control those things. These are going to happen. They're, God said they're going to happen. He knows. He's making everything beautiful. But we as humans feel like we can have to control. There's a there's a uh, a Bible story with Abraham and Sarah in Genesis in Genesis 16. Abraham and Sarah were um, promised. To have a son, and they were barren, and, and they were needed to have a son, and so they God gave them that promise, but uh, they were, guess what, a little impatient. So they, they decided that they wanted to uh, take matters into their own hands. Sarah decided that she was going to give Abram his, um, his her maid, and they um, would have a child, and that child um, was Ishmael, and Ishmael became the descendants of basically the Palestine area, and uh, then... That happened and uh, they gave Hagar and then Hagar had Ishmael and then Sarah became pregnant in God's time and they had, um, they had Isaac. So here we go, we have Isaac and we have Ishmael and now here they've grown up and literally I think to this day those people group that, that Isaac and Ishmael represent have fought to this day because Sarah And Abram took it into their own path, their own way to, instead of leaving it in the control that God had. Chances are you're sitting out there thinking, well, that story won't happen in my life because one, I don't have a maid. (laughs) Two, if her name was Hagar, I probably would never sleep with her anyway. So, I, I, I get that. I get that. And and I'm thinking, you're like, well, if I'm a female and why would I need a maid? So you know, who cares? You know. But but what if you're a single Christian woman and your clock is ticking and you are desperately loving Jesus and wanting to have a Christian mate. And you aren't finding one. And you settle, you compromise. Oh, it's good enough. It'll do. I'll make this work. And you force something. You compromise. And you take control. You edge God out. Because you know best. Or maybe it's financially. We'll hit that again. You want something even though you can't afford it. You rationalize it. You manipulate it. You figure it all out you edge God out. You're gonna make it happen no matter what. We take control of our lives and we try to manipulate others is when we don't trust God's promises. We don't trust his timing. We don't trust his love. We don't trust his power And we don't trust his plan for our life. We don't trust the promises that he gives us in the word of God. This can be exhausting. I don't know if you've ever tried to to, uh, control a situation, uh, a group of people, or just in life. It's exhausting. You can't control what they say. You can't control what they do. And then you just end up trying to be one step ahead of them, trying to rethink them. And it's just, you spin, 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 spin. And I'm asking you to stop trying to be the person you think you are or you should be and become the person God says you are. You're a daughter and a son of a mighty, mighty king. You have the son of God, and the God in the scriptures, and it says, I have seen how God makes it beautiful. But we get impatient, we try to control. We try to use our wisdom, we try to seek after pleasure. And it ends up meaningless. And then we get into a cycle, and we try to control more. So, I'm going to spend the rest of our time um, if you have some control things, if, if the Spirit's saying, hey, this is you, um, and then if there's other people saying, this isn't me, it's probably you because you can't control it, and so um, this is for all of us, and uh, so there's, there's um, some practical questions that I want us to ask, and I want us to get to um, in our own lives, I want us to ask these, um, and so that we can help us uh, release control of things that we don't need to be in control of, Okay? Does that sound reasonable? I didn't get that. All right. It sounds reasonable. Okay. So the first thing we need to do, the question, the first question we need to ask ourselves is what am I trying to control? Repeat that back to me. What am I trying to control? So the first thing is what am I trying to control? Am I trying to control people? Am I trying to control my spouse, my children, my grandchildren, um, my finances, whatever that is, just establish whatever you're controlling, goes into that space. And then we're going to ask three questions about that to see, kind of qualify where we are. The first one is, is it worth my concern? The first question is, after you figure out what, what am I trying to control, the, second, the first question you ask is, is it worth my concern? Is it worth my concern? You've, maybe you've heard the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus went to go visit them and and, um, see, I'm going to switch these two. One of them, one of them was, uh, I don't know which one's Mary and Martha. I just totally blanked it, so we're going to go from that. But one of them was um, hanging out with Jesus and just hanging out at his feet and, and pouring perfume on him. And, and, uh, and Martha, I believe, was in the, in, the, um, in the kitchen making sure the house was ready. And she was, she was getting angry and bitter with her sister because she, she was trying to control things. She was trying to control and make the best Best thing for Jesus. And so um, let's, just, let's just sit and, and figure out is it worth my concern? Wouldn't you be rather hanging out with Jesus than wondering if the, you know, there's toilet paper in the bathroom or, or something you know, when your people are over? Okay. So let me see. A question you can ask is In a month, will it matter? In a month, will it matter? Does it really matter if someone doesn't fold the towels just right? It doesn't matter. Does it really, really matter if your wife left her coffee cup in your pristine car? Does it really matter in a month? Does it really matter? Does it really matter if your son or daughter goes off to elementary school with their hair not combed exactly right? No. Does it matter if your yard is absolutely picked up perfectly? Maybe. I don't know. My yard, you never if you've been in my house, it's it's the bane of my existence. Um because m- my boys my boys They're boys, they have shovels, they have pickaxes, and they have decided to build a trench, not once, not twice, but multiple times in my backyard. I mean, not like little small little trenches, I'm talking like (laughs) moats, like big fat moats that hold water, like they put water to them and they float little wood boats around them. So I'm... mm. but I need to embrace the trench. <laughs> I need to embrace the trench because you know why I need to embrace the trench? I may have a perfect yard in 10 years, but my boys aren't going to be in my backyard building a trench. Is it worth my concern? Second, is it mine to control? Is it mine to... To control? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You're like, well, that's a dumb question. If it's sometimes yes, of course it's sometimes yes and sometimes no. Because surrendering control is not the same thing as relinquishing responsibility. Let me say that again. Because surrendering control is not the same thing as relinquishing responsibility. If you messed up financially and you have, to, you have to take responsibility for that or the IRS or your lender people will come after you, correct? You have to do something different. You have to cut spending. You have to cut up credit cards. Stop using credit cards. You go to an FBU class to learn about education. <laughs> Educate yourself about finances. If you have trouble in your marriage, you have to take responsibility. Find a mentor. Go to counseling. But you have to do something about it but there are some things that you can not control. And that's when you say, I can't control this, and you let it go. So is it mine to control? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. It doesn't take the responsibility away? Because I think some of you are thinking, oh, if I'm not in control, then I'm not responsible. That's not true but you can you can relinquish and surrender control third question is it for god alone is it for god alone so we go back to the first question is it worth my concern and you can answer that question is it going to make a deal in a month or is that big of a deal is it mine to control and then the third question Is it for God alone? If you turn with me to one of my favorite books in the Bible, Philippians, there's so many good things um, that happen that come out in Philippians. And Philippians 4.6 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then in seven it says, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you are trying to control things, that you can't control, you become anxious. Let me walk that out. When we try to control things that are God's, we become anxious. Does that hit anybody like a ton of bricks? When we try to control what's God's, we became anxious. But when we give it to God, it's a stressed out or we try to control a situation or it's an image or it's anger or whatever it is. When we give it to God, he gives us peace. But so many of us, because our egos, because we're edging God out, we become stressed, we get concerned, we worry, and then we get consumed with fear because we we're trying to control what God already has control of. Can you ch- Some of you are thinking, <laughs> you don't know my spouse. You don't know my friends. You don't know the situation I'm in. I don't, but I know God. And I know it, what he says in, in Philippians. It says, love them, pray for them, and trust them with God. Love them, pray for them, and petition for them, and trust them with God. Some of you are in college or in the start of your career or, or you're walking out of a career going to something different and you're, you're like, I, I can't control the future. Right. God doesn't want us to. He wants us to come to him, pray with him. Not It doesn't have to be an eloquent prayer. It doesn't have to be a prayer that is all properly aligned. He wants your heart. You pray, you listen, you plan, you make wise decisions, and you give it to God. I just want to hit, I think the Spirit is just telling me to repeat this again, um, is when we are trying to control things, we will feel anxious, we will be filled with worry, and we'll have the illusion that we are in control. But when we take what belongs to God and you trust him with it, he gives us a peace, and he, we're allowed to lay it down, and we lay it down and surrender it to him And we stop choking off. We stop edging out God because we know better. We lay down even what we think we want so God can give us what we need. What are you trying to control? Is it worth my concern? Is it mine to control? Is it for God alone to handle? Those three questions, whatever you're feeling like you're trying to control, ask those three questions. And it may help you manage that tension. Do I think we ever give up control completely? Do I ever think we figure this out? We may. But we've got to be willing to surrender control, because there's so much in this life that can weigh us down that we need to take God at his word and sin, he doesn't need, he doesn't need us to have anxiety. Cast all cares and concerns on him. And so we need to trust him in what he says. Because control, just like pleasure, just like wisdom, are meaningless. And that's what the author of Ecclesiastes is saying is you can chase it. You can try to attain it. But at the end of the day, it's meaningless. Before we go to communion, I want you to struggle with this question. And I say the word struggle. You can use the word challenge, whatever. I want you to to play with this in your heart and mind. Where is your ego Where is your edging out God right now in your life? Where are you edging out Him? Where are you trying to control? What are you trying to be? And I want you to answer that question. You may not answer it right now in this minute, but I want you to pray before we go to communion. Communion is the symbol of His body and His blood that he sacrificed for us so that we can experience a savior that is in control, that knows us and loves us so much that he died for us. And so as we go to communion tonight, say that prayer. God, where am I edging you out? Where am I controlling what do I need to do? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we need you, plain and simple. Lord, you aren't meaningless. Lord, you are full and complete. And Lord, let us just lean in and surrender to you. Lord, we are responsible, but it doesn't mean that we have to always be in control. And Lord, thank you for allowing us to be in these scriptures and in these times where we can just call out to you. We can moan to you. We can scream, say, God, I need you. And Lord, just help us with our egos. Help us when we think we know better, think when we know the the best way to do something or, or the best way to attack a situation. Lord, that we can just lay that down at your feet. Lord, let us just experience you without those filters of control. And Lord, as we take communion tonight, Lord, we just, we want to focus and remember you and the sacrifice that you gave to us, that we get to live a beautiful life and we get to live eternally with you. And Lord, that's, that's huge. That is huge. And Lord, just be with us in this moment as we uh, just listen to you in our hearts.